1: back everyone to another episode of Feather and Fur, your host Brad Hurlbus, And tonight we have on owner special guest Christopher from Outdoor Innovations USA. Welcome to the show, Chris. Appreciate you coming on.
2: Hey man, how you doing?
1: <clears throat> I'm doing good. You know, a little bit different background tonight with my internet being completely wonky, but we'll get it going. We'll just use cell phones. That's what they're there for.
2: We'll do our best, right? <laughs>
1: Technology. Just another, just, <laughs> I know, right? Just another day recording a podcast. I feel like there's always something where it's like, if you get through one without any sort of like internet glitch or something, it's like time for a beer. Like every yeah. one, I feel like there's just
2: something. <laughs> yeah, one of those, right? <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Well, I'm excited to have you on the show. I'm interested to to hear some more background. We met at the Wisconsin Fishing Expo, and I'm really impressed with your lights, which we're going to get to those for bow fishing. But I really want to hear what kind of got you in the outdoor industry. Like, did you grow up hunting and fishing as a kid, or did you kind of take it on later on in life?
2: I grew up fishing just like regular rod and reel, you know, hook and line. Um, I started out when I was just a, a little kid, you know. I grew up really close to my favorite fishing hole. Obviously it's my favorite cause I grew up next to it, but I just fish it. Yeah. <laughs> just fishing that hole my whole life, you know, and, and, uh, it kind of just started there for the most part. Um, I, uh, yeah, I was probably about three years old and, um, my favorite lake. And then it kind of, it was overrun by, by like, rough fish and stuff. And it was, you know, I I was fascinated by the fish and everything, but, um, they, they ended up draining that Lake. It was such a problem with the rough fish and that, um, they ended up draining that Lake in 1989. Yeah. Yeah. They drained the whole thing. That's how big of an issue it was. They drained the whole thing to try to, you know, get them out of there. Uh, they netted them all out of there. And then, um, filled it back up and stocked it with game fish and everything is a huge ordeal. Um, so then, you know, the game fish was, was all awesome and everything. You know, we, I grew up fishing, mostly catching walleyes, bass, northerns, you know, stuff like that. And right. every once in a while, yeah. Every once in <laughs> a while I see a giant muskie in there and I'd just get the goosebumps, man. I'd run home and tell everybody about it, you know, <laughs> Nice. But, uh, yeah, so muskies it's about, are cool.
1: There's something special about them. I mean, just that giant head when they're swimming through the water. I mean, if you don't get excited when you got a musky follow something,
2: like you're not fishing right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it it, it really gets you when you're fishing for bass and you've got a worm on or something, and all of a sudden <laughs> this big giant fish eater comes by and you you realize you got the wrong bait on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah that's kind of where it all sort of started um anyway so i just all the way up into my 20s you know I, I i fished the fished that lake like no other you know and uh then all of a sudden the uh the the, the rough fish the carp and everything started to come back and they started overrunning all the the bass beds and stuff those were some of my favorite fish to catch and I was down there trying to catch bass and uh it was normally that time of year there'd be bass beds everywhere the bass would be everywhere you know near near opening day you know like early May and yeah so so then then you know I was trying to catch bass and there wasn't nothing you know I couldn't catch nothing because you know, all the, all the bass were getting stormed off their beds by giant carp and stuff. And I was down there with a fishing pole one day, not catching up and every year got worse and worse. And then one day I just like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to try to do something about this. And, uh, that's when I picked up, I set my fishing pole down and I picked up the bow. bow fishing. (laughs)
1: So you didn't, so you didn't start archery hunting and kind of find bow fishing from there. You went right in, you started with bow fishing.
2: Well, no, I had experience with bows and arrows from when I was, when I was a kid too. We did lots of target, lots and lots of target practice. Uh, We went out trying to hunt, you know, stick a deer a couple of times, but I never, never actually uh, got myself a deer, but we sure got got our practice in you know so sure I grew up handling a bow my whole life you know so it wasn't new it wasn't like the first time I ever laid hands on a bow got but, it got it uh yeah that's pretty much where it all started you know and that was probably seven and a half years ago now
1: all right so out there on the bank with the bow just trying to take care of the rough fish a little bit at a time
2: yeah, man. So I just, I went out and got myself a bow and I went down to the same spot where I was trying to catch my bass and I showed up with a bow this time and I was after, after them instead, you know, so it wasn't long. And I had 30 giant fish lined up on the shore, <laughs> giant carp, you know? And, uh, yeah. So, and I realized, Hey, this is a lot of fun, you know? <laughs> did you and, uh so
1: did that like create like unrealistic expectations right off the bat? because you have this honey hole that's overrun that no one's pressuring with a bow you're on the bank and you spl- and you stack 30 like cordwood like did that set your expectations yeah. like extremely high
2: <laughs> <laughs> i gotta say when i first started i got pretty spoiled right off the bat <laughs> you know because obviously they never these fish never got pressured with a bow like you were saying and, uh, they could do whatever they want. No predators, no nothing till the day I showed up, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Yeah just, out, yeah, just
1: out there. And you got these dumb fish. It's almost like shooting fish in a barrel. Cause
2: they don't even know what's about to happen. Right. Right. Yeah. And you know, and it, the, the thing is, you know, it's like, to me, it's more like doing janitorial type work, you know, like picking up trash, <laughs> you know, sure. Right. That's kind of what we're doing. You know, it's like going out. That's the way I see it anyway. You know, there's some guys that are just hungry to kill something you know, but to me, I'm just trying to help give the lake as good of a fighting chance as it can and help the game fish out. Just, you know, cause that's, that's where my heart and soul is right there. Pretty much, you know, with all that's what spurred all this on, you know, I love fish that much, you know? So. <laughs>
1: sure. No, but, that makes sense. I mean, I mean it's all about habitat, right? I mean there's multiple ways to look at look at habitat. I mean my show's really hunting focused, so I mean we do a lot like I've had the habitat I've had foresters on for out of Indiana for forest management. I've had the forester for Rough Grouse Society on that's over the the whole entire n- north here basically from Montana to Pennsylvania if I remember right, all talking about yeah. habitat. And I mean that's management for the species and while you're not necessarily managing the lake bed, you are managing a an invasive species that is taking over a lake. So it's, it's the same thing in a way. It's just habitat management in, in a slightly different way.
2: Right, right. Yeah, I mean, there's other factors at play, definitely. You know, runoff from the cornfields, you know, the oh, right. fertilizers ending up in the lakes and you get algae blooms and stuff like that, you know. But but I, I, I will say that, you know, I when I first got into it, I really worked, that lake you know really hard um and it seemed to get it under control you know and i got friends involved and we all you know took our turn you know if we didn't get those fish we gave them hell (laughs) sure (laughs) at least you know (laughs) and they're like don't come back (laughs) you know (laughs) and uh (laughs) they'd stay away you know they got used to us coming around and they're like you know what forget that i ain't going down there you know and they kind of stay out into the you know, out in the different waters, you know, than they normally would. And it would, it, I swear, I don't know if it's up is because of us, but we, I have seen the, the game fish and the pan fish populations come up quite a bit that the population that fish are bigger and healthier overall than, you know, I've been looking into that lake, you know, those waters for a long, long time. And, you know, I, I go out at nighttime with lights, you know, uh, and that's pretty much my product here. We're gonna we can talk about that one in a minute, but but you know I'm mostly doing this at nighttime now on a boat, so I get to I get to see these fish in their in their habitat at nighttime, and I get a pretty good idea. of of what kind of fish are in a lake. If you, if I go out enough, often enough, you kind of get a bit of an idea. You see the same size fish over and over and over. You kind of get an average in mind as to, you know, how big they are. And you get giant fish. They, it's a sign that they're healthier and there's more sustainable lake for that species in general.
1: It's amazing when you go out at night with some lights, just how many game fish and and pan fish you see. Like, if you have, like, for like my listeners that haven't been out bow fishing before, if you can get on a buddy's boat or someone's boat and just, even if you're not there to shoot, just to experience it. Like, but anybody I know with a boat would let you shoot. So that's not even a question about it. But, I mean the amount of fish you see, like I've been out on lakes, which I'm like, there's no walleye population in this lake and you're out there and they're up in there in the shovels and you're cruising around. All of a sudden you see walleye coming up chasing bait fish. You're like, I had no idea there was walleye in this (laughs) lake.
2: Yeah, man, that happens all the time. We we run into species that we had no idea that were there, you know, like, okay, well, obviously we're not, we're not going to be going after them that night with our lights on, but, you keep that in mind. You can drop a waypoint on your GPS and come back there another night, man, you know, because I've seen, I've seen walleyes stacking up thousands of them, uh, stacking up on some drop-offs and stuff, man. And, you know, go out there another night, you know, with the fishing rig and you can drop some bait on them. You can, you can catch them all night long. Cause you know, they're there, you know, like right. you can literally see them. I mean, obviously you can see them with your down, Down imaging and stuff too, but it's a little uh, different, it's it's just nothing like it.
1: it, It's a little different when you're able to see them under the lights and actually know, like, those like you're on the fish brine, you curls over, like. Are those walleye? Are they bass? They could be carp. Like I don't know what they are like. But when you're on the when you're on the deck of a boat with those lights and you just see all these walleye stacked on like like you said a drop or maybe like a gravel like a like a transition like to the like a transition line with gravel and you see all these walleyes just coming up to feet. like then you know it's like all right I know what I'm targeting here and it, it's different it's a different it's a different <laughs> yeah. Feeling.
2: Yeah. You, I mean, even if you do go out there at nighttime and you're just, you're angling or whatever, you right. can, you know, you see them on your down imaging and they're maybe not that far down and you got some, you know, waters that are pretty, pretty clear. I mean, you can just flip one on just for a second or two, just to see what the heck they are. You know, it's like, oh, they're, they're carp. Oh, okay. We're out of here. <laughs> you know,
1: right. but right. if
2: you see they're the fish you're after, I mean, you can get, if you can see them, you know, obviously if they're too deep, you won't, but but uh anyway yeah it's it's something you know, even if you're not out there actively bull fishing, it's just being out there at night, you know, and seeing what's out there. I mean, it's pretty awesome. We've seen beavers that are three and a half feet long, you know oh. <laughs> just look like look like mini, yeah, look like little bears, <laughs>
1: <laughs> little bears flying yeah. through the water, all irritated, leave me alone, like, Turn yeah. your lights off. It's best, oh,
2: yeah. yeah man we've seen gigantic beavers you see turtles you see all sorts of cool stuff frogs good for frog gigging too you know
1: sure i mean we've already kind of like touched on it but let's just do the full introduction you own a bow fishing light man bow fishing light company and that's what kind of brought that's why i wanted to bring you on the show to talk about your lights talk about different setups how your lights are different in the market compared to the rest and that's really where we're coming from the bow fishing side so one of like i definitely just want i mean we already got into bow fishing so i just want to dig in there like what's the name of your company and like what are you making like because i'm a fan like i'll drop pictures i put pictures of this on my kayak these things are awesome
2: sure yeah so i'm the owner outdoor innovations usa um i uh and also the inventor of efficiency bowl fishing lights um so they're they're designed primarily for bowl fishing but um uh, we we have different skews or different versions that are more for anglers as well um we've got one that um does more of a green it's got a greenish color um and that's for attracting the bait fish um and and stuff like that so that it's basically what this this product is that I have I can show you one right here so this is this is the product right here um and it's a it's a unique light that's um, designed for lighting out the water from the side of a boat or a dock uh, or something like that. Basically, there's a bracket on top, right here, and then this this is just the standard bracket that the, each light comes with, and then um, and uh, so there's a special design uh, reflector. We've actually got a pl- patent on these too. And then there's uh, a reflector in here. It looks like I'll get a little closer. It kind of looks like a mirror inside there, a reflection of everything. Well, that's the reflector in there. So it's a highly highly polished silver coated reflector that reflects over ninety eight percent of the the light that would normally go upward. So pretend this is on the side of a boat. And traditional lights would throw light everywhere, basically up into the sky, trees, houses, everything like that. So, everything above my hand, the light would be going up. Where this technology has a reflector in there and it reflects that light back down. It would normally go upward, but it goes back down into the water where we can actually use it. So, the name is efficiency. Um, so, it's all about that basically um, it's it's maximizes the lumens going into the water and uh, putting every watt that's being used to work for you um, and wasting as little as possible um, there's quite a bit to them there are there's uh, color change ability that they have they're dimmable so they effectively have the ability to control the wattage you're using Uh, Just by turning uh, This is the controller right here Uh, You can see there's a red there's a red light that's so you can find it. It's in standby That's so you can find the switch in the dark easy Um, So then there's the dimmers in the middle here so you can actually dim it up and down Uh, You can dim them down from 65 watts all the way down to 8 watts each um and then the other switch over here can change the color of it so i can actually turn it on so what's that i
1: was gonna say and for those out there listening that are familiar with bow fishing lights don't be like 65 watts is nothing like this is not what you're thinking these aren't hps they're not halogen these are led they are a high quality led with that reflector that 65 watts is way brighter than you're imagining for 65 watts
2: right yeah he's correct about that i should have probably touched on that right off the gate uh yes it is led technology um and yeah it's 65 watts is the maximum that they'll go up to but uh because of that reflector you know like i was saying that light instead of wasting that we're using that light so you effectively get the performance of a, a, a much higher wattage light. Um, we have, uh, if you go to our website, we've got a demonstration of a, a 400 watt HPS light um, side by side with one of these 65 watt efficiency lights. Uh, and it stands pretty well against it. I would say it stand it holds its own very well. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I can uh, show you the controller here. So the standby switch, you flip it on, then the controller turns on here. uh, And you've got a voltage reading, so you can actually see what your battery voltage is uh, by looking down at the controller. Um, And then it will actually accept the the lighting. It's actually a lighting system. So you can actually use one controller to control as many efficiency lights as you want. Um, So they daisy chain together. at the driver itself and then um so here's the light itself it's probably gonna be bright at the camera so I'm not gonna aim it like that's right at the camera so I'm gonna aim it down but you can see how I've got the light is on and I'm able to show it to you without blinding the camera so I can turn it up I got the dimmer here I'm dimming it up and down. So it'll actually get very bright. But you can still look right at it because the reflector here is redirecting that offensive light back down into the water where it would normally go up into the houses and trees. So I can show you what it looks like when I turn it up and show it under the reflector. So the camera's going to go back. But I'm just kind of flashing the camera. So that's what it looks like when you, when you look at it under the reflector. Um, and, it, so and that's, that's a,
1: a really good demonstration of how well that reflector has, how, how good the cutoff is on that light. I mean, that cutoff is better than I would say most factory LED lights in a vehicle these days. Like that's for, for the ones that are listening that aren't going to view this on Facebook or, Facebook or YouTube, that cutoff is so sharp. It's better than high-end LEDs on vehicle headlights right now. And so, yes. that, I mean, it's pretty, it's fairly really impressive. And the thing that impressed me a lot as well was, you touched on it, These like, being that they're only 65 watts, they have a low enough average draw, you can run these off batteries. So, like, using these on a kayak, absolutely. Two of them is what my plan is going to be, and I, I'm going to run them off a hundred and a half hour battery, and they're going to run plenty long enough for me.
2: But you also right. said like, another
1: that's on 12 volt, but you said these also could take 24 and 36 volts, correct?
2: They will, yeah. We do, we do recommend 24 volts just because it's a little bit more efficient with the wiring setup and everything. You can use a little bit lesser gauge um, for the wiring and, and all that. Uh, so they'll draw about 2.6 amps at 24 volts. Um, that's full blast. Um, and then you'll obviously want to double that if you go down to 12 volts. Um, And then you can have that if you go to 36 volts. Um, So it's, yeah, so it's not only that, but it also has, you know, that's got the dimming, but we've also got the the ability to adapt to different water conditions by changing. That's what the color change button here, the switch here can actually change the color of the light. So there's actually three different colors. I'm changing it. I'm not sure, sure if you can see that or not. Oh, yeah, but you can
1: you can see that. You've got an orangish color. You've got you've got a relatively um, white color. And then right. Look, so and I then can explain
2: that. Yeah, and I can explain that a little bit. So what we've in all the testing that we've done on the water, um, you know, prototyping this stuff. We we started doing this about you know seven and a half years ago. Uh, is when I started doing this, but it's, there's, there's no one color light spectrum that is perfect for all water conditions. So I got to thinking like, you know, I was, I was hung up on what color do I pick? And I said, you know what, why not put multiple colors in there? And that's when, you know, I started implementing multiple colors. So there's actually two arrays, two LEDs, uh, lights in there, two chips, um, and they will um, two different colored chips, and the middle color is a blending of the two. Um, so the the for clear waters, a, a higher Kelvin, like a, a neutral white, a four thousand Kelvin color is turns out to be really good for clear waters. Um, it's just more. There's a little bit more blue light in it, um, and it it tends to travel farther. Um, Underwater where red light is filtered out faster uh, Quicker so that you don't you don't really have penetrate like clear water it, it doesn't penetrate very good in clear water where like, you know murky water You'll see like that HPS HPS color uh, Is it's more of a warm color and that's what that that yellow that's that's this one here uh, That's this color, so this is an HPS stimulant in LED. Uh, it's very, very close to the HPS color. Um, and that color is key for penetrating through murky waters. And, um, but the the same is true with HPS color. It's, it doesn't do good in clear water. Um, so that's why we have the ability to change the colors and adapt to any water condition. And the middle color is a blending of the two, which is good for semi-clear. We run that color quite a bit, um, because we're often, when we're bowl fishing, you're usually in the, in the muck, you know, the fish are kicking up the mud and everything. You're usually in murky water, semi murky waters. And, uh, every once in a while you get on a clear lake or a clear river or something like that, where you run the, the higher Kelvin white. Um, but that's just the story behind the, the color changeability.
1: And the nice thing is you can change that on the fly with that controller, and that'll change all your lights that are daisy-changed to the same controller.
2: That's, that's right, yes. So, so, again, the controller right here, um, you can see the bottom light, the LED there. That's, that's the amber color or the, the HPS. Sure. You flip it to the middle, you'll see both of them are on. That's the blending of the two, and then you go to the top, and then you've got just the white on. So that's the 4000k neutral. This is the blending which is about a 3000k halogen color and then this is a HPS uh, 1700 Kelvin.
1: It's nice giving you the ability that you can just use one light setup and for any water that you might come to and that's even if you're on the same body of water. I mean I've seen guys out boat fishing over like somewhat deeper areas that are clear and then you go up into the shallows where they're kicking Then you can get into the completely muddy waters.
2: Right, right. And then we do get some special requests once in a while. Uh, some guys prefer a green color. Um, you know, and then like I said, I can switch over to the green one here. So um, <clears throat> that's this one right here behind me. So this one's got different chips in it, different arrangement. But it's still the same light and everything, same wattage. Um, so this is a, a neutral white, green. And then this will, uh, you can kind of see here now, we've got green. Sure. Yep. And then this is same same functionality. It's just got green. And, uh, and then it can change, oops, you can change it to a blending of the two, which is about, a, it's like a metal halide color. Um, and then you can go all the way up to neutral white as well. So this one would be more, we've designed this one more for anglers for attracting bait fish. You can mount these on docks. uh, You can hang them on the side of your boat, uh, anything you want like that. And uh, they'll, they'll work like that. So, and we've also got, you know, we got a red one. Red one too. I can show you that. That's why we we're we we're able to do this stuff because we uh, we make these in house here in the U.S. So, now so here we got a red one. Might might not look red to you guys. It but looks it's, red.
1: It looks red. It, you can definitely see the difference between that and your HPS color, which was
2: orange. So this is the HPS color. Sure. And then we'll do a blending of the two, and then it's more of an orange and then we've got the red so this is a color that we're testing out still um and one of the reasons why we wanted to try this red out it might be a secret weapon because you know if you've ever seen a bad exhibit at a zoo
1: right they have
2: red lights in there well they can't see it um and we're testing a theory that maybe some of these fish might be like that. And if sure. that's the case, yeah, we might be able to have that red. It might, it's obviously not going to be ideal for lumen output and everything because it's so far off the, the, the visible spectrum. It's right on the edge. But if it's, if we can still see enough and they can't see it at all with a battery set up without having to have generators, um, and we might be able to go over those fish, and they may not know we're within a thousand miles.
1: Right. Just right. a theory. Just
2: super,
1: just super quiet. <laughs> I'll be curious to know how that turns out. I'll be curious if that actually, if that actually pans out for you. Another thing I know right. we had we had touched base on, which I thought was a really cool feature of your life, because you have those really good reflectors, and they keep that light down. For those that have been bow fishing, it keeps the bugs down.
2: Yeah, it does help with the bugs significantly. Yeah, because they are attracted to seemingly direct light. And when and when I did the, the uh HPS test, um I noticed that firsthand that the bugs were twice as bad on the one with the HPS, the side with the HPS is the other side with the efficiency on it. So absolutely yes the, the bugs are are way, way less
1: i mean every little bit there helps too right i mean people don't yeah, know like, if you haven't yeah, been all absolutely. boat fishing before you just don't realize how annoying them bugs can be oh yeah night. they
2: can get bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it sucks man when they're out in full swarm man they'll send you home <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: if you don't yeah if you can't handle it <laughs> they'll send you home for real like it it's worse than a blizzard
1: well <laughs> so it just it just but, gets to the point where you just can't fight them off anymore and like mentally i'm not strong enough to deal with it i'll admit it i'm just like i can go home <laughs> i don't have to be here
2: right right yeah i mean there are still some bugs but nowhere near like I, they're really not a they're not an issue really even when they're bad they're pretty much a non-issue but if you have if you go out there blazing with Twenty four hundred watts worth of HPS or something. You're gonna have a f- real fun time <laughs> with the with the nads. <laughs> Yeah,
1: you so, you start to lose visibility and how far you can see because your lights are dimmer with the amount of bugs surrounding them.
2: Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll actually block the light. <laughs> you, you start cooking bugs. <laughs> Those things you can actually fry eggs on them things. <laughs> and, <that's, laughs> but,
1: and, and being LED, that's another thing with your lights. They stay cool.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and, you know, a lot of people will see this heat sink, and they'll ask us, you really need that much heat sink? Well, what people are used to seeing are are a lot of Chinese lights, and they get real hot, most of them, Um, and the thing is, an LED, they're not happy when they're hot. You know, they, they like to run cool. So what we try to do is we have a heat sink that's more than capable of keeping those chips nice and cool, no matter whether you're in Texas, 102 degrees outside, you know, in the sunlight, maybe somebody flipped them on in the sun and they, you know, they, they, you know, they're inside, they don't know they're on or something. They need to be able to withstand that. So it's, it's better having them run too cool than too hot. So um, because there's nothing that will kill the lifespan of an, of an LED um, more than heat. And also, a lot of people don't realize that a hot LED will actually make less lumens per watt than the same exact LED running cool.
1: Interesting. It makes sense. Yeah. I understand that because it's getting hot. It's overheating. It can't work as effectively. It makes sense now that you said it, but I've never thought of that before.
2: Right, and that's why a lot of uh, lights that we test, um, it's important to actually leave them on for a certain amount of time rather than firing them up and blasting them at the sensors that we use to do our testing. Uh, you got to leave them on for a little while. It, you'll be amazed how fast the performance drops down when those things start cooking. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. It makes sense. Yep. It makes sense. And it cuts into the lifespan. It. Yeah, sure. you'll be – that's why you'll see a lot of the, lot of the tips in, in traditional bowl fishing lights. They're not even technically bull fishing lights. They're, they're more for parking lots or shop lights that are being put on the side of a boat and repurposed for the sport. Uh, this, this light here is the only one that's, that I'm aware of that has been designed from the ground up for lighting up, uh, the water from the side of a boat for bowl fishing or angling. Um, so that's that's one of the reasons why we have a heat sink like that on there. Um, we just want to make sure our chips are going to last as long as they're rated for. A lot of these chips are rated for 50,000 hours. Um, you know, that's a long, long time. But you won't get that kind of time if they're running hot. So you can, you can maybe – there's guys that are burning chips out in their lights in just a couple years just because they're getting so hot, you know. Oh,
1: sure. And even with that big heat sink protecting your LEDs, protecting your chipsets, your light really isn't that big in comparison to other bow fishing lights.
2: Right. Yeah. When you check out some of the other, like especially on a performance level, um, if you find a light that can perform like an efficiency, you're talking 200 and some watts, you know, 150 plus to 200 watts worth of light. Um, and the, the they're the size of a laptop you know this is only I mean this is only eight inches wide by three inches tall and then it's five five and a quarter inches deep you know it's still pretty compact um, much much more compact than than other uh, lights that you normally see that are used for this uh, which opens up the the possibilities for installation you know guys with really confined spacing on their decks and stuff like that they might have a particular boat that's you know they're limited on their options for doing an install and um the more compact it is the more favorable it is for somebody trying to do an install you know
1: absolutely absolutely not only that this show is very like the entire paddle and fin network is kayak focused. I'm one of the only shows that really isn't. So for all the kayak guys out there, we put one of these on a new canoe unlimited on the front rail and one light with how it, with how it spreads the light and the output pretty much would give like one, one light gives you a full side. You only need one light on the side. Two lights on this, on two lights, one on each side on an unlimited running a 12-volt setup at a little over 5 amps with a 100-amp-hour battery. I mean, you're going to get 10 – like, what's that going to be? I can't do math tonight. You're talking two of them? 10 hours. Yeah, two of them. You're talking –
2: Yeah, about 10 10 hours
1: on one. 10 hours. Yeah. Yep. So 100-amp-hour battery, which is your standard kayak fish and trolling motor battery. We're all running 100 amps. Some might be running 60s. A lot of us have gone to 100s. That's 10 hours of yeah. run time, and you only need two lights on your kayak. I'm, like, you might not believe it. Sure, but I'll, I'll post some pictures. Keep an eye on the page. We have a picture of the light output from one light on the side of that kayak. I really believe it's all a kayak angler would need is one on each side.
2: Sure, sure. I, I agree with you on that. Um, just because, you know, we're, we're putting, you know, on most bullfishing boats, you know, we've got eight-foot spans between – uh, the rear light on the front deck and the rear light on the back deck, eight feet in between, and there's virtually no blind spots. Um, it's just because of the way they're designed. They, they let the light go where we want it and nowhere we don't pretty much. Sure. Yeah. Even they'll go. they'll even, it'll even throw light, you know, nearly right down side along the boat and everything too. So. You know, and that's where most of the actions happening is right down there. You know, a, a lot of traditional lights will have uh, special lenses or reflectors that focus it more. And what happens when you focus it too much, you end up creating dead spots around where uh, immediately adjacent to where the light is positioned. And that can work against you. And what you'll end up having to do, you might get light out farther, yes, but. You're going to have to double up on your lights. You know, physically, you're going to need more lights to accommodate for those blind spots and call them dead spots or blind spots. That's basically where the light is not able to hit. Uh, so we've we've kind of incorporated all that you know uh, into the ingenuity of these lights as well. Tried to con- uh, consider all of those f- factors.
1: I mean, it was per- like. I saw a lot of people at your booth. We were right across from your booth. It was really cool, like interact with different guests and see how they worked on the kayak. But there was a lot of positive feedback, not only from potential customers, but also from the local sheriff's department and the wardens at what these lights are able to do, which I thought was really cool because they could recognize that with that reflector, you don't have that light pollution around the lake. So homeowners are going to complain less. And the fact that these run at such a low amp draw and still able to have a, a lumen output equal to those bigger HPS like that, you can do yeah. battery setups to kill the generators or run smaller generators.
2: Exactly. Producing less yeah. Yeah. And we, we see a lot, you know, at Outdoor Innovations USA, we get a lot of questions about uh, people. How do I get my generator quieter? You know, hey, you can get rid of it altogether. If you want to but the key to a quiet generator is to lighten the load being put on it Uh, so it doesn't matter what kind of generator you have some guys are spending thousands of dollars on on generators honda generators which is a very good brand uh and if i do if i recommend a generator i usually recommend them but uh it doesn't matter if you load that thing up it's gonna scream right uh but that same generator, if you have the load, it's gonna be way, way quieter so with with these lights you you're pretty much guaranteed no matter how many lights you wanna run with a, say a Honda two thousand, you can run you know ten of these things and you're only six hundred and fifty watts less than that and so that generator's barely gonna know anything's hooked to it, and that's pretty much a common uh number for right rigging up a full size 2072 john boat you know um so and it just gets better from there i mean if you want to if you really want to go after it instead of instead of sticking all your money into a, a generator you can stick that money into lithium you know batteries you get some high quality lithium batteries and uh you know that that technology the price is dropping every every day it seems getting better and better. Um, and it'd be a much better investment in the long haul just for the long, you know, how long they'll last, you know, some of the, some of the numbers, you know, they're, they're rated at like 4,000 cycles. Some of these things, that's like 10 times what lead acid is. Some of the best lead acid batteries, you know, are only, are only like 400, 500 cycles or something like that. Uh, So if you do the math on that, you fish a hundred times a year, and you you drain your batteries all the way down and charge them all the way up a hundred times a year, you can do that for 40 years.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> you know, I mean I mean, I'm not kayak, saying you're gonna get that, but
1: right, right. I mean the kayak industry really has jumped on the lithium train because we have to yeah. be so conscious on weight. But of the weight, performance yeah. of those are just incredible.
2: Sure, yeah. Absolutely. I agree. And, you know, you've, you've got, it's worth the investment if you can swing it. It's, yeah, it's expensive up front for the lithium, but it's, it'll pay off in the long run really. I mean, it'll save, save you just, you know, guys running generators for bow fishing, you know, with big, big bow fishing boats just in gas alone. You know, there's a lot of people that don't take into consideration the cost it, it, the cost to run the light over the life of owning it on a generator because you have to pay for premium gas and you're filling that generator two three times a night i mean it can cost you 25 bucks a night to just to go out fishing on a generator using heavy wattage lights and stuff so if you can get away from that your cost of ownership goes down and you know the efficiencies will eventually you know what i'm saying they'll just They'll pay for themselves, just like replacing your lights and your halogen lights in your business with LEDs. You know, they pay for themselves in a certain amount of time. You know?
1: Right. And even if you're not willing to jump on the lithium train yet, even by going to your lights and half in your wattage, what you're pulling from yeah. that generator, it just makes it quieter and also more fuel efficient. You're spending less money in fuel there.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and you know these things. We actually we've done full full demos with just a Bosch battery, a little a little small Bosch battery pack. You know, just hook it up to a a, a power adapter, and then we we literally power a, a light, uh, a controller, and a light full power for about an hour on one little Bosch battery pack. <laughs> that's impressive. That,
1: that, that's impressive. I mean, that's just a that's just a, probably a five amp hour battery running it all for an hour.
2: Yeah, well, that's actually. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, about eighteen volts. Yeah, it's five five amp. I think it's about five amp hours. Yeah, but, which is, I mean,
1: that that's a Milwaukee drill battery for everyone out there that's ice fishing and using your drill as a as your auger. I mean, that's a five amp hour battery running a running a boat fishing light for an hour.
2: That's impressive. And that's twenty volts though, right? That's eighteen volt. 18 yeah so you'll you'll get a little bit longer than that off of one of those but yeah i mean you know that's all it takes it doesn't take a whole lot to to run one of these you know and if if you're not running them all night long if you're just kind of using them just to help find your fish when you're netting them you know on the side of your kayak or whatever you just need a little light to net your fish or whatever you know have one of these things right on the side of it uh you could you can use one of those no problem just charge charge up and hook up to that you know if you really wanted to and keep keep your battery you won't have any weight hardly at all then uh on on board
1: you know you could actually
2: do a, a sorry no go ahead oh I was just saying you could even have a the pack like on your person you know if you wanted to um
1: sure sure I mean little battery pack like that super easy to maintain i'm curious to know like i've never got into the night like the nighttime like just long lining for catfishing i wonder if there's any application here for your like any like do they run lights on catfish boats on deck lights and all that i would think so they gotta have something yeah
2: yeah yeah crappies and and catfishing you know i know there's some guys that are using that green color uh for that as well um and so, so something like that, you know, usually the power source is what's limiting because usually it's so big, you've got to be tied to something and you can't be mobile with it. Where something like that, you could set it up on the side of a shore bank too and, sure. and, uh, get, get your bait fish, you know, start attracting them in from the shore. Uh, just set this thing up like that if you wanted to, uh, with a small battery source, uh, or something like that. Um, just, it's just overall a little bit more of a practical means for portability like that. Um, so, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, I hear a lot of guys using crappie, uh, using them, uh, the green color for crappie fishing sure. as well. Um, so I guess what it does is it attracts the, the plankton on the surface, and then the bait fish are feeding off of that. I've seen it actually when we we're out we we We're out there, and we kind of you just sit still and you leave the lights on. you'll see this it's like almost like smog coming around where the lights are like like bugs at night trying to fly sure, into a, sure. a, a light. it's like that, but underwater and and uh these bait fish will come in, you know chasing after that, and they'll they're eating all those and then of course they're bringing in the, the the predatory fish too as well with them so
1: no that's really cool man i really your lights are like i don't bring a lot of products onto the show i only bring products onto the show that i truly believe are like i have a special place in the market and they're really changing the norm and this is a, like i've looked for a while for a kayak fishing light setup for bow fishing and i've it was always cheap or big or cumbersome or just wasn't going to work. And this, this is the first light system I've seen that I truly think could effectively put, put on a kayak. But there's far more applications than that because just how, like, they'd be great on a big boat. They'd be great on any sort of bow fishing rig or with how small they are and with that bracket you have. If your boat has gunnel track, so like my ProDrive boat or my old Excel boat, you could easily mount that in that track and you could easily take them on and off and not, and not have to be married to an entire bow fishing platform and still have a quality light set up on your boat that doesn't yeah. require a large generator.
2: Right, right. Yeah. Cause usually you're right. On, I'm glad you kind of touched on that because usually when you're doing a bow fishing boat, you pretty much got to commit, you know, and go all in with an install for lights and, you know, and wired everything if you if you really wanted to i mean you could it, it wouldn't be that hard to just do a temporary setup you know like you like you were saying Brad you know it's uh pretty practical uh solution for that for sure um
1: yeah i mean if you if you didn't want to be married to bow fishing if you just wanted to have i mean i even thought about it for my for my boat like putting four or six lights on it just up front in the track in the track and not doing anything like not doing any raised platform or having to figure out how to mount HPS lights or any of that, having these right. lower profile lights as well. You're not worried about kicking them or knocking. I mean, they're not like in your yeah. way.
2: It's low voltage, you know, you don't have to right. worry about getting electrocuted. You know, right. I, always, I was always uneasy about, about that. You know, got these, some of these guys are rocking 3000 Watts, 4000 Watts. It's like, man, there's water all over the place you get a heavy fog coming in and it just sets on the condensation all over everything. And I mean, it, it, something got, it's got to make you a little uneasy thinking about that. You know, that's a lot of (laughs) Watts, you know,
1: that's a lot of amps. That's a lot of amps being pulled around and everything's wet and things get slippery, blood and seaweed and grass and mud and everything else on the deck. And
2: right. Right. Yeah, it can be dangerous, you know, and that's just one other thing that you don't have to worry about. You know, it's low voltage. Um, You know, it's actually uh, about 2.6 amps going in, but it's only one amp going out. And then we've got these proprietary uh, connectors. They're all waterproof, all waterproof plug and play. You don't have to worry about splicing stuff in at the light. So you can easily put your wires in. On your rig and leave them in and you can actually just disconnect the light and leave your wires right on there And you know do a conversion over to something say you're doing a different kind of a setup You're going hunting or something you want you don't want lights on there You don't have to operate your whole entire install Uh and tear out all the wires just to get the lights off Because you know everything is waterproof ip67 waterproof, you know, so
1: (laughs) They're really cool and i'm excited i know i want to i want definitely want to touch base and i want to get to get two of these ordered up for my boat i think it'll be pretty sweet on the kayak and i'm excited to get them out there just because of that like you said i mean sure even on a 12 volt battery i mean they're only drawn one light's drawn five amps to run two is 10 amps i mean in my kayak to be honest three hours four hours is gonna be a long time for me bow fishing in a kayak right like that's what, that's a long time yeah. for me in the kayak, to be honest.
2: Yeah, that's so, a I mean, good long night of fishing.
1: Right. So two of these is going to be perfect. And, and it's going to be a super lightweight
2: yeah. setup with a small and even battery. if you're just kind of sneaking out and doing some scouting, I mean.
1: Right. So I'm really excited. I want to give these last couple minutes for you so you can let everybody know how to find you. Facebook, Instagram, your website, all of that goodness.
2: Sure. Yeah. Um, if you guys are uh, curious, want to learn some more, i uh, be free to be sure to check us out on, um, be sure to check us out on Facebook, our Facebook page, outdoor innovations USA. Um, and then you can find us, uh, check out our website. It's, uh, outdoor innovations, com, And, um, we're always putting up new content and everything. Um, you know, the season's just starting to kick off around here. Um, and so we're going to be getting, you know, lots and lots of really cool stuff is on the way. Uh, so if you, you, you want to learn more about the lights and you want to follow along, you know, and, and see some of this awesome content that's coming, um, be sure to, to like our page on Facebook. Uh, feel free to uh, my, my contact info is on there. If you have any questions at all, feel free to send me a message uh, through email or Facebook Messenger, or you can text me or call me. Uh, I'd be more than happy to talk with you about getting set up, even if it's not about lights or you know something like that. I can talk to you about batteries, whatever. I'd be more than happy to help any way I can, okay?
1: Awesome. And to all my listeners, I'm gonna put all those links in the show description. So I'll link his website, his Facebook account, everything else, making it super easy for you to find them.
2: Sure, appreciate Chris, that, Brad.
1: Ab- absolutely, Chris, I appreciate you coming on. It's good. It was a fun show. It's really, I really get excited about certain products that really fit or change the market. And I really think this is one of them. So I'm really happy I ran into you at the expo and, and the show turned out just like i had hoped. So I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, likewise.
2: <clears throat> yeah, it's to been a my good list- time.
1: To all my listeners, thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, keep chasing that experience.